Well, I am not worthy, but he is, and the wonderful news is that he makes us worthy. He looks at us as his children, as saints, and though we see ourselves and our flaws, he sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ, and he's forgiven us. And if we can just come to understand our identity and begin living that out, what a wonderful life. Well, welcome online. I was sitting where you were sitting last week at the 9 o'clock service watching on uh, YouTube, enjoyed the music, thought it was uh, great. Pastor Ryan, fantastic uh, message, really enjoyed that. Uh, not only in the past eight or nine months have we tried to figure out how to assemble again, he reminded us a great truth. I think the, the best truth I've heard in 2020 was a reminder in my role is how do we scatter out and take the message around the world? That's still what God calls us to do. And so thank you for that message and the, the team in the back working with sound and video and everything. Uh, Paul and I were blessed uh, sitting in uh, Monterey. Uh, watching uh, the service here. We were uh, very blessed, and thank you for all those that uh, allowed us to get away, and uh, we appreciate that very much. Well, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28, and uh, let me pray for our morning. Matthew 28, if you want to turn there. Dear Father, you are worthy. Your Son is worthy. Your Spirit is holy. I pray that you would guide us this morning. May we gather wonderful truths out of your law. Lord, we open ourselves up to you. We surrender. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Help us not to just be hearers, but to be doers of your word. May we as a church live out uh, the truth in Matthew 28. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew 28 is the Great Commission, and if you recall, when we started 2020, uh, we talked about our vision 2020. Uh, every year, we try to focus on an area that we can grow in as a church, maybe an area that, that we could shore up and improve on a little bit. Like next year, we're going to talk, in 2021, going to talk about our beliefs some and how, uh, you know, the scriptures are to impact our life. But as we started 2020, uh, we said we want to just... Uh, not deal with a particular area, but focus on one particular area, which is our church theme, our church statement, our motto. Uh, it is impacting lives for God's glory. And if we're going to impact lives for God's glory, how do we accomplish that? How do we as a church impact other people's lives and how do we bring glory to God? How do we live that out in our daily life? We said it is our true north. It is, uh, you know, our guiding principles, our core values. In just a couple weeks, November 8th, our 28th anniversary, and uh, boy, has 28 years uh, flown by uh, so quickly that we organized as a church. Uh, we came out of Capitol Baptist Church in Northern Virginia, right around the Beltway near Fairfax Hospital, and 28 years ago, they sent uh, Paul and me to come down uh, to start Choice Baptist Church, and you've heard this story before. 
I'm sure, but we, uh, we're looking for an area to start a church, and we talked to a pastor in the area, and he said, I recommend you going up Route 17 and go five miles north. That area really hasn't grown the way Garrisonville had, the way Route 3 had at that point, and he said it just kind of got skipped over, and I think that's going to be a growing area. So Paul and I drove up Route 17, we, we hit the odometer, and at the five-mile point, I looked up, and there was a house for sale on the left-hand side, and we're like, wow, that's kind of interesting. And uh, so we checked into it and they said, sorry, it's not available any longer. So I thought, wow, that was kind of weird. But, you know, we had looked at several different locations and uh, we talked to a realtor and the realtor said, I I think I know what you're looking for. And he drove us to this house and it was the house at five miles, uh, you know, uh, right at the odometer point that we looked at. And we said, we'd heard this this house wasn't for sale. And he said, well, it is. I don't know what you heard. And uh, so we uh, just felt like this is where God would have us to plant a, a church uh, 28 years ago. And so we, we were able to uh, move into that house. And as soon as we moved into that house, we found out that Paula was expecting our first child. And it just kind of put within me the desire to have a strong family ministry. I, I knew that, uh, you know, that uh, God wanted to do some great things in our church, and, and uh, we did not want to replace the family. We want to be a church that supports the family, that strengthens the family, but in no way can the church ever uh, replace the family. We have a great youth ministry, have wonderful kids ministry, but the, the real difference in life is not whether you bring your kids to church or not, but are you living it out on a daily basis? That's vital. Uh, there's a mistake when we think uh, the church can replace the home, and let me say the, the other as well. It's a mistake when we think the home can replace the church as well. We need both. They need to partner together. That's, uh, you know, important. We say your family and our church is a, a great choice, and we think uh, both are very vital in life. And so recently we opened up our kids' wing again. We, we want to have a, a strong kids' emphasis. And if you go into the kids' wing, we call it our impact kids' wing, uh, you'll see three statements. And it simply says this, love God, know truth, live it out. When our kids come to church, we want them to love God, know truth, and live it out. If they come in and they love God a little bit more and they know a little bit more and they start living it out in their life, that's what we want to do in the Impact Kids Wing. We want to have a strong kids emphasis. And our, our teen ministry as well, our teens just went out and, and uh, if you're online and you're unaware of this, when our teens go out, like half our church goes out, right? It's just, uh, it's great uh, when we have everybody here and the teens go out and it's, it, it truthfully, can, it's a little bit discouraging. Now, I'm glad you're here, right? I'm glad, very glad you're like, wow, look at all those that went out. At the same time, it's very exciting, right? And I, I heard them practicing a song when uh, I, I was finalized and just preparing my heart in the last few minutes, and uh, we're just really blessed. But here, here's what our, our teens do. We call them the Category 5 teens. And their verse comes from Psalm 24. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. This is the generation. We say our teens are not the future church. They are our current church. And they're actively serving and involved. And, and uh, before too long, they're going to be up on this stage and uh, ministering to us again, just like they did not too long ago. But this is the generation 
We want our kids being brought up in church and serving in church and building relationships in church. And so when uh, Paul and I came down here, that was the first thing. We wanted to have a strong family emphasis, and we call ourselves the Choice Family. It's not just a statement. We want to be that family. We want to be a larger family for each of our individual families. Because here's the truth. You cannot do it alone. You need others around you. The second thought I had when uh, Paul and I came 28 years ago, one is to have a strong family uh, emphasis, but the other came from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says this, this is talking about the early church, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You see, our beliefs are very important. The, The Bible is our guide for life. It is how we determine what we do. It is our true north in life. It gives us the guiding principles of how we're to live, how we're to spend our money, how we're to communicate, how we're to have a happy marriage, how we're to raise our kids, or how we deal with uh, difficulties in life. This is our guide. They continued steadfastly. They were consistent in their doctrine, their beliefs. Doctrine, all the word means is teaching. And it's the apostles' teaching. Where did the apostles get it from? They got it from Jesus. So, the scriptures, this is our guide for life. But I don't know if you've been around conservatives very much, people that believe the Bible. Sometimes they believe the right things, they just don't behave the right way. You know, they can have uh, the right policies and the right beliefs, they're just not easy to get along with. And if you notice this verse, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, what's the next word? Fellowship, relationships. God wants us to have good relationships. Here's how Jesus said, you will know that, you're, that the world will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. To loving one another. You can't do this alone. You've got to have other people around you. You've got to have those relationships in our life. That's vital. When we look at Acts 2.42, basically we see that the Bible is our authority. It's our guide for life. God gave us general revelation. When the sun came up this morning, or you see the stars at night, you see the beautiful clouds, or you see the spring flowers, or the fall leaves, God is speaking to us. He's saying, I'm here, I exist. I want you to know that I'm here. There's something within every single person that God is speaking within our conscience that we know that there is a God. But neither creation or conscience will tell us that Jesus is that God, that that Jesus died for us and he's our savior. That's what the Bible is for. It's the scriptures, it's his special revelation, his specific revelation. This is our authority. This is our guide for life. And Jesus is the living word. We have the written word and the spoken word through Jesus, uh, the living word in our life. And these are God's specific revelations to us. This is our authority for life. This is our guide. We know the Bible is true because it speaks to our hearts. We know the Bible is true because we see the prophecies that have been fulfilled. Whether it's through the life of Jesus or current events or the nation of Israel still being in existence or all the issues of world history that is talked about, the Bible is our guide for life. But when Jesus died on the cross, and he came to his disciples, and we come to this passage in Matthew 28, he says, not only are the scriptures our authority, but look at verse 18, if you will. And Jesus came, and he spake unto them, the them is the apostles, they had gathered together together. 
They had gathered together because Jesus had just died a few days before. They're hiding out because they're scared to death because they're afraid it's going to happen to them next. These aren't these super saints that are doing everything right. These guys are scared and they're gathered together to encourage one another because they had just seen their leader die on a cross. And Jesus comes on the scene to these guys and he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, there's two Bible words for power. In Acts 1-8, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to empower us to do the work. It's the word dunamis. And that word where we get our current word dynamite. It is the power to have the ability. But this word is not the word ability. It is the Bible word authority. Jesus said, I have all authority. If you recall in Genesis, God created man and woman. He placed them in a garden and he gave them authority. He gave them dominion over the earth. But Satan came on the scene and he wanted to steal that authority away and he caused them to sin in that temptation. They gave up their authority. And the first Adam lost the authority, so the last Adam came, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, was buried, and in his resurrection, he took from the gates of hell that authority, that key back, and he comes on the scene to these guys and he said, I want you to understand, now I have the authority. This is no longer belongs to Satan. I have redeemed you. I have restored you. I've purchased your soul. I've established the church and I have taken the authority back. All power, all authority, Jesus said, is given to me. So notice what he says in verse 19. We call this the great commission, right? This is what God calls us to do. The most important thing, any church, if you want to know what the true north is for any Bible-based church, it's simply this. Notice what Jesus says, go ye, and what's the next word? Therefore. Now, what is therefore? Remember, we say, when you see therefore, find out what it's there for, right? So, go ye therefore, why? Because he just said, I'm the one that has the authority, I have been given the authority. I took the authority back from Satan. What Adam had lost, I have regained. Therefore, because of what I have done through my death, burial, and resurrection, here's what I want you to do. Notice the first word, go. I want you to go. Pastor Ryan did a great job last week saying we figured out, been trying to figure out for eight months how to assemble. And we also need to figure out how to go. That's the Great Commission. Go. It really means as you're going throughout your daily life. This is a command. He, he didn't say uh, just sit in church. It's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough just to listen to a message. God calls us to go. Therefore, I want you to go. I have given you this responsibility. Go. And at the same time, I have given you the authority. Pastor Steve said earlier, what a blessing. We don't have to worry about uh, being persecuted really in our country, do we? We don't have to worry about being cast into the fire. Why is that? 
because we have something very near and dear as Americans, religious liberty, right? That's why our founders came to this country, so we could worship God the way our conscience dictates. What a wonderful thing. Whatever you believe. Now, the Bible is our guide, but whether you believe this book or not, you have the freedom in our country to live as you desire. That's liberty. It's incredible. But let me say this. Within religious, religious liberty, it's not because our government gave it to us. That's not the case. I would also say it's not because our Constitution acknowledges it. Now, we do have religious freedom in our land. And remember what our Constitution says. And when we look at the Bill of Rights, right, the First Amendment, when uh, the Constitution was going to be passed, the state says, I don't know, I, I'm afraid the federal government's going to have too much uh, authority. Remember that? We want our states to have certain rights. And so they came up with this Bill of Rights. And here is the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. The federal government has no right to tell the states or individuals what church or what denomination they have to be, right? That's, that's what uh, this was talking about. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Remember what it, what it says. The government cannot prohibit you to your free exercise of religion. Whether you're a school teacher, whether you work for the federal government, whether you're a pastor, whether wherever we want to put this, you have this freedom. Our Constitution gives this to us. But let me say, oh, and, and let, me, uh, let me give you one more emphasis. I, I wrote this uh, down. Today's society, terms are very important. And most people will say, yes, you have freedom of worship. Even the most liberal uh, individuals say, you have freedom to worship today. But they don't believe you have freedom of religion. See, the way they interpret freedom of worship, you can do whatever you want inside this building. They're trying to reinterpret. Remember what the, the uh, uh, First Amendment says, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The government has no right to prohibit the way you want to worship. And they'll say, no, that's true as long as you're in your church building. In your church building, you can do what you want. You know, as long as you're watching online in a private uh, a group, you can, you can uh, have any belief that you want. Where freedom of religion is, living out your faith outside the doors of the church. That's where there's a lot of issues today. To say, I have certain morals, well, you can't be on the Supreme Court. Well, I have certain beliefs, well, you can't say that in the federal uh, government. Well, I have this belief, well, you, as a school teacher, you don't have a right to say that. You have the right. But let me say this, all the Constitution did was acknowledge our God-given rights. Remember that. The Constitution did not give us the rights. God gave us the rights. That's what he's saying in the Great Commission. All authority has been given to me. Now, therefore, because I have the authority, I'm giving it to you. Now go. That's the true north. You have a God-given right. Go. So here's the one thought I want you to, to take today. 
The mission of the church is missions. That's what God calls us to do. Our mission is to go. God wants us to go. Paul and I visited uh, our son John last week. He's uh, living in Monterey, California. What a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, Paul and I really enjoyed it. And then we got home and saw the leaves turning. And Paul was like, now this is beauty, right? Uh, this, and we, we loved it. What an awesome place. But then seeing uh, Virginia again, you know, all the beautiful colors. Wow. Remember, just remember this. If you ever think of leaving, maybe moving to Florida or somewhere else, Virginia's for lovers, okay? Just uh, not pin, pin, pinpointing anybody around here or whatever. But Virginia's for lovers. I mean, this is a beautiful place, you know. But anyway, well, while we were going to see John, we, we were looking, uh, you know, at the... Uh, uh, maps and, and uh, Facebook, different uh, things to, about things to look at. And while we're driving down Route 1 and uh, south and seeing the, uh, the beautiful oceans and the rocks and everything, we saw this place called Moss River Landing. And it said, sometimes you can see whales, which seemed a little suspicious, you know. We're like, let's pull off there. So we pulled off and uh, before we got uh, to the shore, there was a little art place and Paul was like, hey, that looks pretty cool. And uh, people that made uh, jewelry from uh, Mexico, and he was uh, selling it. We went in there, and Paula said, do you ever see whales? And he said, I've lived here for 20 years. I've never seen a whale uh, around here. Uh, but anyway, so we were uh, talking to him for a few minutes, and we rode by a, a little uh, place, and we thought, okay, this must be a walk-in clinic. It was called East of Eden, and it had a little uh, cross there, so it seemed like a, a, a walk-in uh, clinic. And then we realized it was a green cross. We didn't know that it was a weed uh, distribution place, you know, so we're glad we didn't go in there. Later, we saw a sign that said, yes, we cannabis, and, uh, you know, east of Eden, we're like, okay, good, good thing that we didn't go into that store, you know, but we were talking, and, and we didn't see any whales either, you know, and, and maybe we would have if we'd went in the other store, I don't know, but anyway, we didn't go in there, we didn't see whales, but while we're talking to the guy at the art place, we said, what about this Mexican place? You know, we thought we could get some good Mexican food around there. And the name of it was called The Whole Enchilada. The Whole Enchilada. I came home and told my kids about that place. And like, what does that mean? I said, well, The Whole Enchilada is just a little cliche. It sort of means like everything but the kitchen sink. You know, just everything comes along with it. Well, I just, I tell that story because I want you to remember, here's The Whole Enchilada. The mission of the church is missions. That's what we're about. If it is about us and just ministering to us and what we want or what we want for our kids or the type of music that we want or, you know, the times of the service or whatever, when it becomes about us, we've lost our focus on mission. And the mission of the church is missions. Jesus resurrects he goes to his disciples who were not the most spiritual individuals, but he gives them the greatest purpose in life. Because I have authority, I want you to go. You go. The Great Commission is the whole enchilada. Our true north, it's our purpose, our vision. It's the reason we are in existence. Over the years, we've kind of used this little uh, analogy of running a race. 
when you're running a race, remember before you start the race, you get down and you hear, on your mark, get set, go, right? Those three steps and then you take off. And really, the Great Commission gives us three steps here. The first is salvation. I want you to go. I want you to make disciples. I want you to teach, he says there in verse 19. I want you to teach people about Jesus. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Tell them what I did for you. They could see the scars from his crucifixion, even in his resurrected body. And he said, I want you to tell people that I died. I want you to tell people that I was in the grave for three days, but I want you to tell them I'm no longer dead. I resurrected. I have the authority. That is the message. You see, it's not coming to church. It's not getting baptized. It's not being a good person. It's not watching us online. It's not trying to read your Bible occasionally or being a good person. Salvation is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He's the only way we can get to heaven. He's the one we sang about. Who is worthy? Not me, not you, only Jesus. Because of his death, burial, and resurrection. On your marks, make sure that you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know you're going to heaven, get that settled in your life. On your mark, get set. Second step is baptism. Next week I'll talk about baptism. What does the Bible say about baptism? and then go church membership. Why should I want to be connected to a church? Why is a church so important? Why would I want to join a church? So join us for the next couple weeks. That's what we're going to be talking about here. Salvation, baptism, membership. Becoming disciples of Jesus. And notice verse 20, what it says. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And notice his promise. I am with you always. He said, I will always be with you. When we, as a church, are living out what he's called us to do, he's promised his presence with us. Isn't that incredible? I'm always going to be with you. Now, he was going to ascend to heaven in a few days, but he promised that he would be present with you and I as we live out the principles that he's called us to. One other thing he says, even until the end of the world. Now, he's talking to his church here. He's talking to his disciples that have assembled together. And here's what he said. I promise the church I will always be with them, and I promise that the church will always be in existence until the end of the world, until the end of the age, until Jesus comes and takes us to heaven. You see, he promised that he's always going to have his testimony here. He will always have believers that are taking that message to the world. On your mark, get set, go. The mission of the church is missions. The New King James just simply says it this way in Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples. That's what a disciple is. One that hears the gospel, gets saved, gets baptized, and they get taught the Word of God. Jesus is teaching them the things that I've taught you. That's what it means to make a disciple. That's why we're here. 
We're not here just to have fun. We're not just here to encourage people. We're not just here to that we live a better life and let the world do whatever they want. No, the Great Commission is our mission. The Great Commission calls us to go. We're to be scattered into this world. So how do we live that out? Let me give you two thoughts. First of all, support missions. The Great Commission is located at the end of every gospel. Mark says it this way. And he said unto them, here's what Mark said about the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What's the gospel? It's the good news that your sins are forgiven through what Jesus has done. You have a home in heaven. You don't have to go to hell. You have new life. He wants to give you eternal life, abundant life, the forgiveness of sins. He has a new identity for uh, for you so you can live uh, the life that he's called you to. And he said, I want you to take, it's good news. It's great news. You don't have to buy it. You can't earn it and you don't deserve it. But Jesus, through his grace, gives it to you. That is good news. So he says, take that where? Into all the world. Now, you and I can't do that alone. Choice Baptist Church can't do that alone. That's why we support missionaries. And you know what the job of a missionary is? It's not to start a hospital, it's not to feed children, it's not to help people to get well. Those are all great uh, tools, but their job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to share the gospel. That's what a missionary is. One that goes, and guess what happens when a missionary goes and he preaches and people get saved and they get baptized and they get connected and they start joining together. You know what we call that? A church. And so churches start churches and we send out missionaries. Let me say this. If you haven't currently above your regular giving given to missions, let me encourage you to do that. You can do that through a physical off. We have, uh, uh, you know, our offering at the end of the service and, and uh, we send out offering envelopes that you can mark on there to missions that I want to give to missions. You can go online and as well as giving your regular tithe, the next thing on there is to give to missions. And the reason we would give to missions is because we can't go necessarily, but somebody else can go and we want them to take the message so they can end up in heaven. The missions of the church's mission, so it makes sense. Let's support missionaries. Secondly, look at Mark 16, verse 15 again. He said, go ye. Now, we're looking at the King James here. Do you know what ye means? Ye means you. He's talking specifically to every one of us, but particularly, not to us in general, but to you specifically. Go you. Not only do we give to support missionaries so they can go, God calls us to go and share our testimony. Luke says it this way, verse 47, and that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. Notice this, beginning at Jerusalem. You start where you are. Who are the people you go to school with? Who are the people that you work with? Who are the people that you have some influence with? Share the gospel. If you go out to eat, be a good testimony to the waiter or waitress, the people in your community around you, the people you have an opportunity to share your story about Jesus. Verse 48 goes on and says this, and ye are witnesses 
of these things. Do you know what a witness is? Somebody just shares about their experience. A witness is one that has seen something and they tell them what they have experienced. What have you experienced with Jesus? You see, if you know Jesus is Savior, he's done a work in your life. And if he hasn't done a work in your life, then I need to do that first thing, right? Get saved. But if he saved us, then you have a story. I got saved as a young boy, but I still have a story. Maybe you didn't get saved till you're 50, 60, or 70. You still have a story. We have a story to tell. So let me give you a homework assignment. If you are on site here, just about every week, even in the middle of a pandemic, just about every week, we have somebody attending for the first time. Now, we have some people that are attending for the first time today. I don't want to uh, stress you out. I'm not going to make you stand or anything, but uh, I hope at the end of the service, everybody crowds you out. No, we don't do that because we have to social distance, okay? You can't do that. I mean, it's actually kind of weird what you have to do. We, we, at the end of the service, I'm going to say, please don't hang out in here. Don't hang out in the kids' classes, but I do want you to go outside and outside hang out. And so if you're a guest, <clears throat> if you will, just hang out a few minutes. And let somebody talk to you. And if you've been around here a couple weeks, well, you're part of the Choice family now. Well, go talk to somebody you don't know. You know, we're asking not to shake hands because some people are more uncomfortable. Maybe you're not, but others may be. And so we're just trying to uh, be able to deal with those social distancing issues. And so talk to somebody outside for a few minutes. Show yourself friendly. Bring somebody with you if they're willing to come. Do one other thing. I, I normally don't do this, but I brought my phone. And uh, I have my Facebook here. Now, if you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing in just a second. If you're watching on your phone, you, just, you have to get out of watching the message to go in. I know that would be more difficult. But if you have your phone, every week just try to do this. Go into Facebook, and it says, what's on your mind? You know, hit into that. And then it has a number of things there. And one of the things that drop in the drop box below there is just check in. And so, I'm hitting check-in. I'm at Choice Baptist Church, so I hit that. So, I got that on what's on your mind. And I'm going to say, I am preaching. I hope you guys don't mind me doing this. I'm preaching. And I, I can only do it with one finger. I'm not like uh, my kids. I am preaching right now. And I misspell everything, so it corrects it. And sometimes it corrects it incorrectly. Post. And hopefully it'll be on there. I don't know. You can check, uh, you know, your phone in a second, see if I'm on there. But do that. <clears throat> and it just tells people, hey, you know what? I go to Choice Baptist Church. And so go ahead and do that at the end of the service, the beginning of the service. If you're on site, consider doing that. Now, if you're online, I've got a couple more things I want you to do. Subscribe right now. The YouTube service is going on. I don't know what service uh, you're watching. But go to the YouTube site and just simply subscribe. Subscribe on there, and then you'll be able to see the other videos that get produced or the older sermons and stuff, but subscribe there so you can get to the material. Check in on Facebook, just like we did. If you're watching right now on uh, Facebook, you may not be able to uh, do that, but uh, go ahead and check in on Facebook. Share on Facebook. You know, like the Choice Baptist Church page. And two other things I would consider. You can also, back before we were meeting again live, uh, Paula would go on and would uh, uh, have a watch party. 
So on Facebook, I'm getting ready to watch a service and have a watch party. And probably people from uh, our area weren't just being connected, but her friends from family members and, and many other states would come and watch our service. Go ahead and do that. And why? Because the mission of the church is missions. And there's some people that can't come to church or uh, here's something else. Before people come to a church anymore, they go online and they want to learn about a church, right? I'll throw out one other idea. If you're not ready to come back to choice, I understand. Maybe I don't quite understand. I'd try, I'll say I'll try to understand, but uh, here's what I'd like you to do. Maybe you can't come to church right now <clears throat> because of a lot of reasons, but if you're able to gather with a couple of families... Invite one other family or two other families and just have church in your home if you can't come here. What a great opportunity for us to consider. God wants to use the circumstances we're in, even in a pandemic, to bring him glory and to impact lives or the mission of the church's mission to get the gospel out. So let's be a church that gets people saved, gets people baptized, and helps them connect to a church because the mission of the church is missions. Team, would you come forward? Dear Father, we desire to bring you glory. You are worthy. <clears throat> you have taken the authority back. And because of that, you said, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Help us to share the message. And God, if there's someone here that's listening, they don't know you as Savior, I pray that today they would trust you, your death, burial, and resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're online, I hope you'll let God speak to you. If you're on site, let's stand during this last song. And ask God how you can apply this message to your life.